Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we talk about an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name's Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and my co-host... I'm Jason Harris. I am a comedian, a filmmaker, and a luchador. It's not at all true. You wouldn't know. I suppose that's that's a good point. You put on the mask and it's like, the mask, hey! Wow, for the second time in a row, we've got some relevance here with Jason's... you know, designation for himself. Admittedly, this time I did it on purpose, but okay. last time I did not. No. Um, so as implied uh, in this episode, uh, this is our season finale for the year 1994, and it is our audience choice episode. So we offered three choices to some of our social media friends. Um, and because this was such a huge year for Jim Carrey, uh, we decided to do a Jim Carrey matchup between Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, uh, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask. And The Mask came out on top, which I was really surprised by. I was surprised, too. Um, it won by two votes. Uh, out of 300,000 <laughs> votes altogether. Yeah. But, you know, they were, they were all separated uh, pretty close. It was pretty yeah, close. Yeah, so. and I will say... Uh, on a personal level, this was the movie that I wanted to win because I do not like those other two movies, especially Dumb and Dumber. I wanted Dumb and Dumber to win because I do like it. And now knowing how much you dislike it, I wanted it <laughs> even more. But instead, uh, we're talking about The Mask, which uh, was actually the most critically and commercially successful movie uh, Jim Carrey movie of 1994, even though it's probably the one that's been the most forgotten. Yeah, that's crazy. You yeah. Would, you would not think of that at all. No, but it did uh, bring in $119 million in uh, North America and $350 million worldwide. It was the fourth highest grossing movie of 1994, which is amazing to me. Uh, it made a lot of money. Well, you got to consider, right? This uh, What's amazing is that he came out of nowhere and just like, man, just torpedoed the box office with his films where he just took out everything in its wake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't entirely come out of nowhere. He was on In Living Color, which was a very popular TV show at the time. Yeah, but you wouldn't have thought he was going to, you wouldn't say like, uh, like say Chris Red, who's on SNL and does a good job, is going to come out and knock out three comedy classics, cult classics. You know, no offense to Chris Red, this could be anybody. You know, yeah. it's like, no one's going to come out and have that year again where they're where they own the box office for right. a year. Although I mean, out you, of nowhere, you could compare it to like not Chris Red, but more like Adam Sandler coming yeah. out of Saturday Night Live. And I don't know if he had all of those in his single year, but he came right from Saturday Night Live and had like hit after hit right away. Yeah, but again, three in a year is a lot. It is a lot. To, yeah, it definitely and very different types of movies. Those three, you know, or right. different characters. Right, they're very different characters, um, and they are different types of movies. Um, this one is the one that most feels like something where he was hired to play a part that could have been played by someone else. Um, and, and especially Ace Ventura, I, I believe is a character that he invented. And even in Dumb and Dumber, I feel like he, it's so much about the Jim Carrey-ness of it that you can't imagine anyone else playing that part. But here, I think you could have cast someone else in this role. But yeah, Jim Carrey did. I don't know about you, but I was a big fan of In Living Color and of his characters 
You remember Fire Marshal Bill? Of course. Yeah, oh, I liked yeah. In Living Color a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I that think... was maybe my least favorite of his characters. Yeah. Though. Who yeah. else did you like? Let me show you something. You didn't like <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill? Uh, no, I didn't. I did not lo- love Fire Marshal Bill. But uh, yeah, no, he was always just versatile and uh as you see in this film so physically able right know? yeah yeah so i think it wasn't maybe entirely a surprise but maybe if you watch in living color you would have thought uh you know damon wayans or somebody would have they tried with damon wayans yeah. yeah um they did was it blank man was that his his movie? blank man with him and david allen greer last boy scout with him and adam sandler right? yeah so he had a he had a few movies oh yeah. mo money mo yeah, money mo yes money. that yeah. might have been the first one yeah to- so maybe Jim Carrey wasn't the most obvious choice for a huge breakout from *In Living Color*, but he was certainly uh, a big part of it. Um, and this movie not only did it make a bunch of money, it was nominated for an Oscar uh, for best visual effects, not for you know the story or anything. Yeah, the visual effects. Did you think they were better or worse than *Forrest Gump*? I mean, it lo- it lost to *Forrest Gump* at, at the Oscars, and I think that was probably the right move because the the way they like it's just so different. The, what Forrest Gump does is is an innovation, and this movie uses visual effects in a more traditional way. Although it's very well done, I thought. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a cartoon come to life, right? Right. So that's what all the visual effects are representing, kind of a comic or a cartoon come to life. Yeah, and I liked it, and I thought they held up. Maybe because they're in a way less ambitious than the effects in Forrest Gump, they they don't look as dated now as those do i disagree i yeah. think they do especially like uh at the end when the dog has the mask yeah on yeah so yeah it's a little uh spoiler alert 25 right. years later yes um yeah they don't look perfect now but i i thought they held up decently well um jim carrey also was nominated for a golden globe for best actor musical or comedy which i think more reflects the weirdness of what gets nominated for golden globes i think no see i'm gonna disagree with you there Because like other than like Robin Williams, maybe who could have brought that much life and physicality and just I mean, look, this is a big character, but it has to be that big of a character. Who else could have played it? Right. No, I mean, I think he does a very good job. I just don't know if he's necessarily like one of the top actors of the year in a musical or comedy. You you have such prejudice against Jim Carrey comedies and musicals and i'm glad it's coming out for all of our listeners yeah we really i'm showing my true colors here <laughs> um but you know a lot of people were conflicted jim carrey in addition to his golden globe nomination was nominated for a razzie for worst new star which to be fair is encompassing all of the movies that he made this year again the razzies get with it guys yeah come on man. i think we we talked about the razzies in a couple other episodes and they're, they're a little misguided and i think you know jim carrey later on will go on to have many razzie worthy <laughs> films under <laughs> indeed his this is certainly far from the worst thing that jim carrey yeah, has so done so let's give him a break man yeah um and this movie was relatively well reviewed uh, it got two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert. Uh, Roger Ebert said, The Mask is a perfect vehicle for the talents of Jim Carrey, who underwhelmed me with Ace Ventura Pet Detective, but here seems to have found a story and character that work together with manic energy. Uh, he also said, Cameron Diaz is a, tr- is a true discovery in the film, a genuine sex bomb with a gorgeous face, a wonderful smile, and a gift for comic timing. This is her first movie role after a brief modeling career. It will not be her last. 
Her chemistry with the Carrie character holds together a plot that is every bit as derivative as it can be. And when she dances with the mask, the result is one of those scenes when movie magic really works. Yeah, I agree uh, that it, the the dance is iconic and everything. But, um, you know, and I agree she turned out to be a very good comic actress. But I don't think this role showed that she would be a very good comic actress. She's kind of just there as like love interest A. Right, you know what I right. Mean? There's nothing funny that she has to offer. And that has less to do with her and more to do with the part that was written. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a movie where every pretty much everything funny is from Jim Carrey and everyone else in this movie is just reacting to him. Exactly. Um, but she does make a huge impact in this movie. And I think she's become so famous since then that we forget how striking it was to see her in this for the first yeah, time. Yeah. And, and as opposed to other leading women that you see for the first time, once you, this was like an impact, like you're saying, like, you know, where it's like, whoa, that she is beautiful. She is talented. She's going to be a big star. Yeah, I think so. And I think even at the time watching this movie, you thought this is somebody who's going to really do something. Um, so we keep quoting Roger Ebert, but I figured I might as well quote Gene Siskel too. So in the Chicago Tribune, Gene Siskel said, the plot is a standard issue, destroy the bank robbers affair. But along the way, director Charles Russell stops for some genuinely amusing sequences, including one when Carrie's plucky dog dons the mask, as we mentioned. The mask is significant only because it's the latest example of technique overriding the written word in an American film. And it's done so well that you can count on a sequel. So he was clearly conflicted about whether he liked this or not. He was right about the sequel, though. Yeah, oh yeah, we could talk about that later. Um, and in a slightly more critical vein, and this is interesting because both Siskel and Ebert basically say they didn't like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, but they think this is a better movie for him. And uh, Janet Maslin in the New York Times has the opposite opinion. She liked Ace Ventura and compares this unfavorably. Uh, she says, now primed for broader success in vehicles better tailored to his talents, Mr. Carey returns in the mask, an astonishingly lazy and perfunctory effort that does little to realize his comic potential. The mask goes absolutely dead when not following its hero's insane outbursts. And since Mr. Carey remains an actor who can even shut a drawer with comic panache, that kind of dreariness is all the more wasteful. Bright-eyed, crazily intense, irrepressibly silly, Mr. Carey can be funny without fireworks. He deserves material clever enough to let him do just that. So she thought this was a waste of his talents. I would say one, how many scenes are, is he not in, in this movie? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, there are any of the scenes that he's not in are just those kind of exposition, yeah, the bad guys along. talking about what they need to do kind of thing. Yeah. And two, uh, I disagree as far as, I mean, he showed off a lot of comic ability and a lot of different, talents and styles and skills as a comedic actor in this thing. Yeah. And I think the good thing about this movie is that it does allow him to do something different than he did in those other two movies. And those are very lowbrow, especially Dumb and Dumber. Not that this movie is highbrow, but it's maybe a little more witty and clever. More mainstream yeah. is what I'll call it. It's not more witty, dude. Come oh, on. Okay. Get over this. Uh, did you see this movie in 1994? I did. I, I'm, I think I probably saw all three. Uh, or maybe I didn't see Ace Ventura in the theater, but you know that was so quick to video. I almost had it memorized and whatnot. I did see this one in the theater. This was a summer movie, right? If I remember. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it, that sounds yeah. right. So, and, uh, so it was fun watching it again and, and seeing certain things, the Cuban Pete number I remember. Um, so yeah, I liked it then. Um, and I liked it now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure I, I saw it then. I don't know if I saw it in the theater or if I saw it, 
um, on home video later. But I did. I mean, I was a big fan of his from In Living Color. And uh, I, I think I liked those movies more then than I do now. I mean, I've, I've watched Dumb and Dumber again, at least when the sequel came out a few years ago. And I just, I think I have a lot lower tolerance for that kind of humor maybe than I used to. But, but even in 94, this might've been the one that I liked the most out of all three of those. Well, if you had voted back in 1994, then you would have voted for this one. I think I might have, and I definitely voted for it now. Um, so that's a little about the, the history of The Mask, and uh, we'll come back and talk about our general thoughts on the movie. Welcome back to Awesome Movie Year. In our season finale of our 1994 season, we're talking about our audience choice winner, Jim Carrey in The Mask, which beat out a couple other Jim Carrey movies, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Dumb and Dumber. And uh, as I was saying multiple times, I was glad this movie won because I actually like it. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't have chosen this one, but I was glad it won because this has been the one that I hadn't seen in the longest amount of time. Maybe since the theater even, who knows? Yeah, I might have too. And I think as, as we were um, looking at the votes, I was thinking, I hope this wins. But then when it did and I had to sit down and watch it again, I wondered do I, will I actually like it? You know, is this actually the one that I would have enjoyed the most? And I think so. And how did it get lost over time is what I'm wondering. Cause like you said, it made 351 million. It was the fourth biggest movie of the year. It was one of the three breakout films of, you know, Jim Carrey's uh, breakout year. And do you think it's because he made uh, sequels in the other ones or what is the reason here? Yeah, well, I mean, Dumb and Dumber didn't get a sequel until many, many, many years right. later. Uh, he did do Ace Ventura, fair, Ace Ventura 2 fairly soon after the first one, I believe. Right. Um, I, yeah. think, uh, I think the other two appealed directly to his fan base, whereas this one tried to be a little bit more of a, a, a you know, mainstream reaching movie. And I think maybe sometimes, you know, you don't get that long lasting appeal when you're not like really just speaking directly to the people who already are, you know, on your side. Yeah. And I think maybe that's true is that as his career went on, he made movies that were more, that were Jim Carrey movies first. Mm -hmm. And this movie became more of an outlier. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun movie. I mean, as, as mentioned in, in all of those reviews that we quoted, it doesn't have a really interesting story. Uh, I mean, it's pretty basic stuff. These these broad bad guy characters who want to rob a bank for reasons that I mean, I, they want money. Because they're but, bad guys. Because they're bad guys, right? Yeah. That's the only reason that they want to do it. And they run this nightclub um, where uh, Cameron Diaz's character is a singer. I mean, it's all very broadly drawn. Uh, Jim Carrey's uh, sort of put upon bank teller character Stanley Ipkiss and his buddy played by Richard Jenny. I was happy to see Richard Jenny and also sad because Richard Jenny was a brilliant stand-up comedian and a very capable, you know, best friend type in the movies. And right. He, uh, he committed suicide and uh, it was sad, man, because he was such a talent and everything. Yeah. If he wasn't talented, who cares? No, who cares? Right, you know, yeah, but, but this, <laughs> but he was, he yeah. was that talent. Yeah. And I think the, the nineties were a time when you would cast Richard Jenny as your main character's best friend. That was kind of a, a go-to thing. There. Yeah. That was, that was, and he did great at it. Yeah. He did fine in it. Yeah. He's fine in it. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything, I, I, I do think that everything outside of Jim Carrey's 
performance and the way that they use the special effects here as Stanley gets this mask and turns into this crazy over-the-top cartoon character, everything else is sort of underwhelming. Well, the one thing I would say that stands out is Ben Stein as the Dr. <laughs> Arthur Newman, you know, uh, he just plays Ben Stein, you know, as he always does. Yeah, so does that really stand out? Yeah, because it's so tonally different than the rest of the film, you know, and, um, you know, he actually gives a um, explanation of what the mask might be, whether it's right. like a descendant of Loki yeah. or whatnot. But I thought, you know, everything is so ratcheted up. It was nice to see Ben Stein yes. talk like this, yes. you know. So. And Ben Stein and that character the only thing that returned in the sequel son of the mask that is true and i will not watch that yeah no <laughs> neither will i um but yeah i thought this movie uh was a lot of fun and it gives jim carrey the opportunity not you know to, not only he uses his physicality as we talked about the the sort of slapstick and the the rubber face nature and his his contortions but he also does a lot of fun impressions uh in this movie i think my favorite bit is when uh, he's he's over dramatically pretending to die and he does all the different movie deaths in the westerns yeah, yeah yeah and he does uh, uh gone with the wind and uh you know some impressions stuff that that probably a teenager seeing this movie would not have known but it is it's well built because the first sequence you see when he's the mask is like again a gang of street thugs and they try to rob him and he takes him to a back alley and it's like a carnival of right. Jim Carrey craziness. And um, of course, to me, my favorite one is the Cuban Pete sequence where they the, the cops, the SWAT team, the entire force finally tracks him down and they're going to get him. And uh, the way he escapes is by singing a uh, rumba or something. Yeah, like that. something so, like that with his maracas yeah. and the the puff the puffy shirt, right? And exactly. all of it. Exactly. And he gets, you know, he he sort of has a it's it's unclear what exactly the mask's powers are, but he has a sort of mesmerizing effect on those cops. It reminded me of, of Beetlejuice uh, when he makes uh, all the characters dance to uh, Deo. Shea, yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there, there's a lot of Tim Burton-y elements to this movie, I think we could say. Well, I think it was, you know, in your episode, the Josh's Pick episode. <laughs> yes. Where you talked about, uh, when we were talking about New Nightmare, you had mentioned that Dream Warriors was your favorite of the... Well, it's not my favorite. It's it's considered a favorite of a lot of people. When you had mentioned that it was considered a favorite of yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. This is the director yes. of Dream Warriors. Yes. Chuck Russell Chuck or Charles Russell. Russell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, also the director of The Blob remake, I think is probably the other movie he's most known for. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's based on a comic. They totally switched around who the comic is and what he does. And they, again, made it this lively cartoon come to life. And everything from the wardrobe to the facial expressions to the performance, like match what they were going for. And um, it... I just don't see this movie working with too many other actors. Right. No, I, I agree. I think when I said this feels like a movie more so than the others where it existed outside of Jim Carrey and they hired him to do it, I think that that is true. And obviously it's based, like you said, it's based on a comic book. It was a character that already existed. It was a movie that was going to get made anyway. But I think having Jim Carrey in the role is what makes the movie work. That if they had made this movie and hired someone else, it probably wouldn't have been yes. the same. And and as you had mentioned, Cameron Diaz does like kind of smolder off the, the screen. Uh, did you read about any of the other casting choices? That I didn't, but uh, as we learned in our Forrest Gump episode, you, you like to alternatively cast it's, movies. It's fun to think about because yes. you're going to get a different movie if you 
pair. So Vanessa L. Williams, Vanessa Williams. Oh, as the Cameron Diaz character? Yeah. yeah. She, I think, could have pulled it off because yeah. we know can, you know, she sings. And I think Cameron Diaz probably lip synced. I, I don't know for sure, but I imagine, yeah. Yeah. Christy Swanson, very popular in the 90s. That would have been a terrible choice. And my favorite pick, Anna Nicole Smith, <laughs> was considered for this role. And and she speaking of, we, we talked about the Razzies earlier. And when we were talking about some other film, uh, I think Anna Nicole Smith won a Razzie in 1994 for something. Was uh, it a Naked Gun movie that she was It might have been a I, Naked I Gun movie. Three and a third. Yeah. yeah. And she beat out uh, some other uh, performer that we were talking about in a previous episode. So imagine if she had been in both that movie and The Mask. It could have been quite a Razzie year. Do, do you have a favorite Anna Nicole Smith movie? Wasn't it? What was the Skyscraper? skyscraper yes. Yeah. We can talk about Skyscraper yet again. <laughs> that might be, you know, um, a bonus episode. For yeah. Some yeah. Year. For some other year. It was not 94, right? It was a different year. I don't know when yeah. it came out. Dave, um, Skyscraper. skyscraper. I mean, we, we've already again. asked Google's Dave to look up Skyscraper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, Cameron Diaz, clearly the best choice. Not only Jim Carrey, uh, but she, she makes it work a lot. She is in, in, not only incredibly sexy, but just charismatic and, and yeah. really draws your attention she yeah she she brings you in she becomes the focus which yeah. you need against someone as big as jim carrey yes well. yeah and she holds her own and and which is impressive because at the time of course she was not a big star was, yeah. yeah yeah and she was very young and you can see that she's gonna I, I feel like maybe even have a more consistent career than jim carrey did i don't know man i would i would rather marry lauren holly than the dude from fallout boy that is an interesting, uh, and he's from Good Charlotte, not oh. Fall Out Boy. Well, I, um, I stand by my statement. Yeah. Oh, a Madden brother? Like, that's any better? Right, so. right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, 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 of course, right about, were there alternate castings for the Jim Carrey character? I don't think there, I don't think there was, not yeah. that I read about, but yeah. I mean, literally, Robin Williams was the only name I could think about. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Martin Short, maybe? Oof, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Robin Williams, in a way, does a similar performance as the genie in Aladdin, which yeah. I think was a couple of years earlier. Steve Martin could have done it, I guess? Maybe, that would have been a very different, Steve Martin is a little more droll, a little more dry, yeah. it would have been a different kind of role. Um, but it was adapted from a comic book that is much darker and more serious. And maybe if they had cast a different uh, actor, they could have gone in that yeah. route. But I mean, even the way that the uh, mask makeup looks is cartoonish to the point of uh, it wouldn't have worked if it was if it was a darker film based right. on. The tone they went for, they really nailed that tone. I yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I don't know if that a darker version of this would have been the way to go. Um, and that makeup looks great. And like we were saying about the special effects, I think even though you can see that they're not perfect, I feel like the style of them holds up really well. It's obviously really influenced by Tex Avery and old Looney Tunes yeah. cartoons and stuff, which you you see uh, Stanley Ipkiss watching on his TV. Um, and And I think because it's stylized and because it's referencing cartoons, it doesn't have to look perfectly realistic for it to be good. Did you go around after seeing this saying smoking? Yeah. Talk about catchphrases. Uh, like we talked about with Forrest Gump. Yeah. That and, uh, what is it? Somebody stop me. Yeah. I think those were the big catchphrases from this. What I liked the best was, uh, after he swallowed the, gun or the bomb i don't remember when it, it explodes in him and he goes that's a spicy meatball that one yes. I remember. <laughs> yes because he, he had just watched uh cemetery man <laughs> there you go it all comes together yes uh 
Yeah, this movie, I think maybe not as much as uh, those other two Carrie movies, but it did have a couple catchphrases that people remember. If you were doing like a Jim Carrey impression, you might mention those two. Yeah, and who doesn't want to hear that? Right. <laughs> well, I think that, uh, you know, is maybe something that people remembered from this movie more so than uh, than others. Uh, we talked a lot about Cameron Diaz and she's great, but I also liked that his other love interest, uh, played by Amy Yazbek. You son of a bitch, Amy uh, Yazbek. Yeah. And, and in a way, I mean, he, he kind of, he ends up getting together with Cameron Diaz by the end, but there's a stretch of this movie where he's totally in love with these two women who are both working for the bad guys, yeah. which I kind of liked that he's this, this, this dupe who is just strung along by these women who are using him. Yeah. There's a quote from uh, him where he based the character on his dad as a nice guy, just trying to get by. And uh, you could see like any attention, you know, uh, is good attention for him because he gets walked on by literally or figuratively everyone <laughs> in the movie, you know. Yeah. Richard Jenny wants him to go to the club. He says, you'd be here. They like leave him behind. What happened to you? Like, really? You wouldn't go back and check on your friend at some point during the night? You yeah. Know? The yeah, Richard Jenny, not a really a good friend in this movie. No, but that's probably what his character should be. Right. You know, so. you know who is a good friend? The dog. Milo the dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he did a lot. I, I thought it, good performance from Milo the dog in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And when he put the mask on, that was one of the highlights. That was. That was a cool. The way they built to that third act where, you know, so Carrie has the mask most of the time and then the bad guy has it just becomes like a steroided out monster. Or something yeah. He like doesn't, that. he doesn't exaggerate as much as, as yeah. Carrie does. But then you get to that third action. You're like, how are they going to save the day? And it, that whole sequence came together really well. I thought where Jim Carrey and Cameron Diaz and Milo, the dog had to work together. Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, the plot is very rudimentary. It's not complicated and it's kind of cliched, but it works for what they're trying to do here. It's just a framework to hang Jim Carrey's crazy performance and the special effects and all of that. I kind of was hoping Cameron Diaz would put the mask on. I agree. I thought that might have happened too in that third act when the mask goes up for grabs and everything. So. Yeah, yeah. But no, she didn't get that to. That would have been cool because her wardrobe is, you know, uh it's very like um like you said nightclub singer, very, you know, sultry. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that would have been interesting to see what they do with the wardrobe for that and everything. Yeah. Among everything else. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a fun thing, but no. And uh, that nightclub, man, I don't believe any nightclub in 1994 looked like that that or would have existed in that with that focus, the Coco Bongo Club, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I had written down that uh, there was the remake of uh, Minnie the Moocher, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Ho, (laughs) which is a great Cab Calloway song, which he sings in. Uh, the Blues Brothers, and yeah. you know, a classic from probably the 30s or 40s. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking um, at Dave to look. At yeah, that. well, yeah, but, right. Uh, All and, the music and, in this movie is is throwback style. Yeah, and this is like that new Jack Swing mid 90s stuff, and uh, uh, this one was by K7. Oh, who you remember? I don't. Come, baby, come, baby, baby, come, come. <laughs> so. You um, gotta give me love it and you gotta give me some that was um that was bad that was not a good um yeah but i felt like more than more than that like uh r&b this movie is is right in the moment of like the swing revival like the cherry poppin daddies should be in this movie weren't they well who was the swing band in this movie oh i don't know um, i think it was right before the swing revival okay maybe it anticipated the yeah swing revival. i think you're right because in 96 was swingers which really to me kicked it off yeah big, yeah so. 
Dave, what facts do you got for us? It was the Royal Crown Review. All right. There you go. That was definitely one of the big bands of that uh, swing revival. Nice. Maybe not as big as the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Uh, and, what, and what year is uh, what year is uh, Skyscraper? Thirty one. Oh, no. nineteen thirty one yes, is Cab Calloway. Yeah. And uh, Skyscraper is ninety six. All right. All right. Yeah. Awesome movie. You're ninety six. Yes. Thank you, Dave, <laughs> for all of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, weirdly, I feel like. The, the music in the in the movie, maybe at the time it came out, might have seemed like it was trendy, but now it makes the movie more timeless and less trapped in the 90s. Oh, I disagree completely. Yeah. It feels so time-stamped, that movie. Like, you could never hear it except anywhere in the 90s where uh, there was, like, a lot of, like, hey, what if we revive this genre? Right, but, I mean, because it's a genre that is being revived it's something that is now i mean it's 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 as much the 30s and the 40s as it is the 90s and you know if you saw it in a movie now it would be a throwback so to the I, 90s to, or or to the 30s and 40s depending on how well it was executed yeah, i guess yeah so. uh i mean i don't know you mentioned that cuban pete as one of the highlights of the movie and I, was, I think it is yeah that was fun yeah that was a lot of fun uh what any other uh aspects that you particularly liked about this movie no, no, no. I think we covered most of it on this one already. Yeah, it's a fun movie, though. Uh, do we want to rate it out of uh, maracas? I don't know. <laughs> Five maracas? Yeah. Because of the Cuban Pete sequence? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say masks, but that's pretty uncreative. That's, yeah. yeah. Five maracas, three maracas for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I would give it three out of five. It's not a great movie, and it doesn't necessarily surprise me that it's faded a bit from memory, but it was a fun thing to watch. I do think it, it was, but it, what's interesting to me is that it, um, of the three, that this is the one that is lost to time and was the biggest hit. Right. And, but obviously, from our small poll sample, it's one that some people are interested in hearing about. And, again. but part of the reason people were commenting was because of that. They're like the one that we think people know the least or that we haven't spoken about in the longest time was the mass. Right. Right. I mean, it was tough to go through 300,000 votes, but, but <laughs> you we did love it by them. hand. We love every them. single one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll come back and talk a little more about the legacy of the mass. Welcome back to awesome movie year in our season finale for the 1994 season. We are talking about our audience choice winner, the Jim Carrey vehicle, The Mask, which beat out a couple other Jim Carrey movies, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Dumb and Dumber as are the choice of our listeners. And Good thing Simon Birch wasn't on that list. Watch out. What is that? <laughs> I don't, what is, is that a movie? You don't remember Simon Birch? Is so. that a Jim Carrey movie? He played like adult Simon Birch. You remember that? No, I remember the movie. I don't really remember. <laughs> is that from 1994? <laughs> no, not at all. I was just trying to think of the worst, most obscure. You don't remember Simon Birch? I don't think I he's do. He's a little boy and he's like kind of uh, physically hampered and like his friends got to protect him. I bet it was 2001 or 2000. Man. And then, you know, it, you know, he oh, almost. 98. 98. Oh, okay. I was yeah. close. Yeah. He almost dies like a bunch and then his friend helps him and now he's an adult Simon Birch. And he's played by Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey plays adult Simon Birch. Double check me on that. Dave. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of bad Jim Carrey movies. What's and, your least favorite? Uh, the number 23. Have you seen that? No. Do not but see I saw that. Simon Birch. You did? So. Was it good, Simon Birch? It's uh, You would hate it because it's very sentimental. Yeah. And, you know, um, 
You don't like that stuff. No, I, 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 I don't usually. Like it at wow, the time. he was in that. I don't remember him being in that. <laughs> mm. no. Yeah, the number twenty three is is very very bad, and is the like I think Jim Carrey can be a good dramatic actor. I mean, The Truman Show, Eternal, Eternal Sunshine, which is one of my favorite movies, yeah. just straight up of all time. Yeah, I agree. Um, but when Jim Carrey takes himself too seriously. You get something so. like the number you know, 23. What about, you know what was a good Jim Carrey movie? The Majestic. That was an underrated one. I haven't seen that, actually. Oh, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's had a weird uh, up and down career uh, over time. I think he did some, some movie a year or two ago where he played like a, a Polish detective solving a murder or Ooh, something. I'd like to see that. So I can't remember what that movie is called, but I did not see it. Um, but you know, again, weird, dark things that he does. And that's cool. And the, the, I guess if you're going to say the legacy of this film, uh, he made tons and tons of money off yes, of yes, all these comedies. So he was able to play weird Polish detectives. Right. And, and I mean, and before he played weird Polish detective, detectives, he made a lot of crowd-pleasing comedies Yeah, and after some good this. ones. Liar, Liar's a good yeah, film. Yeah. And uh, Liar, Liar. Bruce Almighty, maybe. That yeah, was that was one, all right. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, Man. That was fun. It was all right. Yeah. The movie is called Dark Crimes, and uh, it looks really dark. Yeah, I, on the post. And it, got, crimes. it got He's really scowling on the poster. Really bad reviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did not see it. Yeah, he um, made a lot of bad movies, but he made some cool movies. Too. Yeah, and he's become a sort of pop culture personality. He's a bit of an odd guy. Yeah. Uh he paints, apparently. Yeah, he lives on like a different plane. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, he maybe does. Tom Shadyak, the director of Ace Ventura, right? They're, oh, right. Yeah. On he, their spiritual horizon and yeah. Yeah. They're kicking but, our asses in it. I will say, even though there are some very bad Jim Carrey movies, if he's in a movie, I'm I'm intrigued, you know, to see what he's going to do because he's going to do something weird. There was a time in the like 2000s where I would watch every single award show if he was going to be on because he was always so fascinating. Oh, to watch. yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, he did. I remember the MTV Awards where he came out like in, like he was in Dazed and Confused. Oh, and, yeah, yeah that was great. That was fun. As far as the legacy, we already mentioned the fantastic sequel, Son of the Mask. <laughs> right. Yes. Is that what Jamie Kennedy? Jamie or? Kennedy, yes, who hates me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go and, see the movie Heckler and you'll understand. Yes, that. yes. Um, yeah. And that, I think that came about because Jim Carrey refused to do a direct sequel. Well, that's good. I think that was. Uh, yeah. Although it sort of surprises me because he did do the Ace Ventura sequel right away. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Um, like you said, those characters were more personal and this one was more kind of uh, taking on something else. So right. maybe he wanted to revisit those personal characters. Yeah, that. maybe. But I feel like he could have made a bunch more money just doing this again. Yeah, but maybe he wasn't after that. Josh. Yeah, There's maybe. more to life than money, Josh. That, that I suppose. So he also, uh, <laughs> there was also the Mask animated series and a Super Nintendo game. Oh, Super Nintendo. And you talk about the sequel. I remember reading about <laughs> yeah no we, we for the record we have neither of us seen this movie <laughs> no but if you're listening jamie kennedy we did not see it i, I have a recollection of the super nintendo game of it just saying somebody stop me over <laughs> and over and over again there was a contest through new nintendo power magazine and if you won it you were going to be on the sequel like as an extra for the mass so there was a lot of talk of the sequel right it was supposed to happen and then it it did not so the winner was nobody it was no <laughs> the winner was us for not having to watch the substandard movie that they would have made um yeah i mean and of course beyond jim carrey becoming a huge star cameron diaz also became a huge star after oh, yeah. this movie yes this launched her 
uh, you know, she really ascended very quickly after this. It was like this and then all leading leading female roles. I think, yeah, right? and uh, there's something about Mary was what a couple 96, years after this. Yeah. 98. 98. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, like I said, she has had, I mean, she's retired. I don't think she's made a movie in like five years, but uh, for a while she had an interesting career and she took a lot of chances. And I mean, in a way like Jim Carrey that she was, she was pigeonholed as sort of like the funny hot girl. And yet she would go do these weird uh, independent films or dramatic roles and really try to, to reach uh, and not always succeed. I don't know if, I mean, other than like bad teacher where she kind of like went, out there and like was a real son of a bitch of a character do you have any others where you thought they worked out really well uh, being john malkovich maybe oh malkovich for oh, sure right. and yeah. also any given sunday she's very good at yeah any given sunday. and and even something like the counselor which i can't stand is a terrible movie but is a movie where she is like giving it everything that she well, can well and the story with that is they had to redub Re right because yeah. she used some weird accent that they decided to not to use yeah. but but you can't say that she's not stretching or no, trying to do something and, in that movie you see the success of uh uh what is dead to me right with christina yeah yeah uh, uh christina aguilera no christina uh, applegate and linda cardellini yeah, I know, yeah i'm just kidding yeah um and you think like man cameron diaz is such a star and and has this kind of offbeat sense of humor she could totally knock out something um for netflix that would be really unique and i'd like to see that yeah i think it's a shame that she's decided not to act anymore because i think there's a lot more that she could still do yeah but and good charlotte Ugh, there's still a band because <laughs> thank goodness for that you really you're really anti uh madden brothers here on this episode i don't like them i'll tell you that much what do they sing dance dance was that one no that's fallout boy again <laughs> Fall <Out> Boy, man. <laughs> what a good lifestyles of the rich yeah that was yeah, probably yeah, their yeah, biggest yeah, hit yeah yeah no i agree good charlotte <laughs> suck but yeah. i not any more than some bad jim carrey movies yeah um so uh what else legacy wise uh comic book movies this was kind of ahead of its time in adapting this indie comic that you know wasn't a huge superhero property yeah i agree and also kind of fitting the film towards the needs of the film as opposed to the comic book right yeah they changed a lot about the source material uh, but now i feel like uh, almost any kind of comic book, regardless of whether it's a big superhero or not, is being angled toward getting a movie or TV adaptation. I mean, you could totally see a reboot of this more than Ace Ventura or Dumb and Dumber, even though oh, the, yeah. the, the right the, the, the prequel yeah. to Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Like uh, today, who would you have star as the mask? Oh my god, I don't know. You know what my first thought was? Kevin Hart. Yeah, I they, don't know that I'd like it, but right. I, just I think he's too happening. old. He is a little too he old, little but old, I could but absolutely yeah. see that happening. Yeah. He's the kind of person that they would. I was thinking it. Pete Davidson. Yeah, Pete mm. Davidson is is he's in the same place in his career that Jim Carrey was when he made sure. this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but would that be good? Pete Davidson as the mask? Would anything? No. Yeah, I mean, I think Pete <laughs> Davidson is is in that career point, but he's not. He's too low key as a performer. Right. Maybe you know if the mask was a pothead or something yeah i don't know i but mean it, does that's that's another good point though does that style even exist anymore this kind of high concept over the top you know yeah as, as far as mainstream comedies it doesn't right now. right yeah maybe not but there was definitely a, a series of special effects driven comedies i mean that was a thing that i think went for a period of time right but i think this is a high concept film that becomes even bigger because of jim carrey's physical abilities 
And also, you know, like you said, all the different uh, variations he inhabits with the voices and whatnot. So like, who who is that person or is that even a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be, I guess, probably someone from like Saturday Night Live or something like that, or maybe some like YouTube star or something. Maybe we're looking at it all wrong and it's got to be like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, but again, I think mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy is maybe a little too established. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you could definitely find someone currently uh, who's doing somewhat under the radar or alternative-ish comedy yeah. who could break out with a movie like this. But do we really want to remake The Mask anyway? No, we don't. So we're not going to green light it. <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> but I do the remake think, of The Mask. But, uh, you know, the idea of high concept comedies, I do think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future because as we see this summer, the box office has not been kind to comedies and the grounded kind of Apatow stuff, yeah. um, which we all like very much is becoming more and more like, Hey, we could just watch that at home on Netflix. Right. So as you go to the theater more, you're going to need more of these. Yeah. A big spectacle thing, which I think, you know, we we're going to see a lot of comedies like that. Yeah. Maybe so. Although also this summer men in black international, which is that kind of mixing of big special effects stuff and comedy was a total failure. Yeah. Again, I don't think people consider that a comedy. No, they don't, which was part of the problem with that movie, but that's another podcast entirely. Let's plug that one. The only other thing that that doesn't exist. Uh, the only other thing that I had on the the legacy we we already talked about, which is the swing revival. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watching this movie, I was like, I did not remember how swing oriented this movie was. I really feel like '96 with swingers was where because that was this was mainstream and that was kind of more underground. You know, yeah. So that kind of took it off, and then you had like we said the. Real big fish. That was more sky, right? Sky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, that were they were so interconnected. The swing in the sky. They, they, they had horns. They all had horns. <laughs> Cherry yes. pop and daddy. Cherry pop and daddy. Squirrel nut zippers. Yeah, they were a big part of it. And the Royal Crown Review were in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Big bad voodoo daddy. That was the other. Big yeah, one. they yeah. were in swingers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the mask is is belongs with all that stuff too. So smoking. Yes. Do you have a, other legacy uh, thoughts on the mask? No, no. All right. Um, well, that is the mask. Thanks to everybody who voted for it. Uh, and who appreci- voted for the other. Yeah, we appreciate all the feedback that we get. Um, we'll do another audience choice in our next season. Um, and so that is this episode of Awesome Movie Year uh, and the end of 1994. Uh, check us out on social media. Where are we at? We're still at awesomemovieyear.com, Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram, Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. Jason Harris comedy on Facebook and Instagram, Jay Harris comedy on Twitter and go for Jason.com on internet web searches. The, the worldwide web. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You can find me there at uh, Josh bell hates everything.com. I am Josh bell hates everything on Facebook and at signal bleed on Twitter. And our awesome producer, David Rosen has the piecing it together podcast which you can find wherever you're listening to this podcast. And also you can find us on Twitter at piecing pod, Facebook, piecing it together podcast and check out our popcorn and puzzle pieces, Facebook group. And uh, next, although this is our season finale, we're going to have a slight uh, short epilogue coming up next. Yeah. Uh, We're going to do a little wrap up, talk about, uh some of the films we might have left out uh, there were more than 12 movies that came out in 1994 so it's interesting obscure fact about 1994 <laughs> i'm full of them up to 20 movies were released that year so <laughs> and possibly more yeah um 
Yeah, we're going to do a little uh, season uh, wrap up, a little exit interview, if you will. Yeah. So we'll do that next week. That'll be a fun little thing to do. Yeah, a little palate cleanser. So uh, check that out next. And, and maybe next week, should we reveal what year we're going to do for season two? I think we'll we'll do that in our next episode. So yeah. uh, something to string our listeners along, Ooh, get the them mystery. to listen next time. Please do tune in for that. And thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And all points west. 